Hello, everyone. Welcome to a new edition of the OPC Foundation podcast, the home of industrial interoperability. My name is Peter Seberg, and I'm your host. Today, we'll be talking to Sebastian Kebisch. He is industrial IoT expert at Siemens. And today, we will talk about a dream team, the OPC UA W3C Web of Things and a Chat GPT dream team. What a title, what expectations. Hello, Sebastian. How are you? Hi, I'm doing very well. Thank you for having me. Mm, you're welcome. Looking forward to Uh, let's start with you, please, introducing yourself to our listeners. Uh, and also, maybe you want to tell us how you relate to the OPC Foundation or the OPC UA technology. Yeah, sure, I can do this. Yeah, hi, my name is Sebastian Kebisch, and I'm a senior key expert at Siemens. I'm located in Munich, it's in Germany, and uh, my work focuses on the question how the well-known OT world and the IT world can be combined together. And, of course, how they can benefit from each other. Well, in this context, I do a lot of read research and I do some pre-development in this area. So I'm involved in different organizations such as, yeah, that's my relation to, to the OPCUA. So I'm mm -hmm. a member of the OPC Foundation. I'm also a member in E-Class, also in the Industry Digital Twin Association and the WC Web of Things. And yeah, and for the WC Web of Things, I the co-chair for the working group and for the interest group. Okay. And before we're going to get into more detail of today's uh, topic, let's maybe have a quick look at these organizations. One of the ones you mentioned is uh, W3C. Who are they and what is their overall goal? Well, the W3C is, I think, a very known SDO, mainly, I would say, in the IT domain. Okay. So one of the important aspects of W3C is they are providing some open and royalty-free web standards. So the web as we know today with, I don't know, uh, services like what we do uh, with web search or doing online banking, buying online tickets, um, their technology are mainly built on many technology building blocks that were specified by the WC. I think prominent examples you already heard of, uh, for example, the HTML, sure. S, and there are many more like data processing APIs, like the DOM and all the semantic web technologies such as RDF and JSON-LD. Um, that is just, just a small um, okay. example. And well, the very cool thing is that with this, technology it's very easy to develop web application and yeah and helps really to increase i would say the interoperability of this different service what what is ever able in the internet and create out of the service yeah very nice applications web application and so on Yeah, and I think you can imagine uh, the number of web services heavily increased, uh, especially in the pandemic time. 
much more was happening in the web and as you can also imagine sure. the business there also increased heavily in there and it also shows that this standard technologies and the standard building blocks works very well right yeah. which is always one of if not the central topic we talk about here at the OPC Foundation podcast. Yeah, you already mentioned you are building bridges, understand between IT and automation. Is that how you put it? And thanks for clarifying. For me, I wasn't aware that W3C is uh, the organization driving these open standards of which one I know, HTML, I think hypertext <laughs> markup language, right? I've been writing myself when 20 years ago, I think. Uh, I do not know all the other ones, but many listeners may. And I understand one of the working groups of W3C is the Web of Things working group in which you are involved. Please tell us a little bit about them, what they do. Yeah, sure. Um, well, the Web of Things working group, or we call it also Web of Things short, what was created around seven years ago at the WC and the intention was similar to the internet and the web to develop some basic generic technologies or building blocks for the internet of things domain. So one of the important building blocks, what we are defining there is what we call the what thing description or the what protocol bindings. And well, and this building blocks should help to develop IoT application very quickly and easily, even when dealing with heterogeneous device landscapes, considering of different data models and, and protocols. So you have to understand that today it's very complicated to create IoT applications, especially if you have to face all the scenarios that you have to integrate different IoT devices from different manufacturer, which having own data models, own uh, protocols used and so on. And this makes everything very expensive in IoT projects to understand how these different IoT uh, devices uh, have to be used and how to can integrate in your application. Right. And just as a very quick reminder, because I haven't been specifically involved for some years, I would say I was at some point. But just as a reminder, whenever you say IoT or WOT, so Internet of Things, Web of Things, mm -hmm. the things that we talk about are to make clear that we're not talking specifically about humans, you know, communicating over the web, you know, social media, websites, whatever, but we're talking things. And those things are... Exactly. Yeah. So it's an abstract name, mm. but in the context of Internet of Things, typical, it's representing sensor actuators or some controllers, edge device, and so on. It's just mm. a generic word to reflecting physical device. However, it can be also virtual devices. So it, it's not, um, yeah, always needed to, to have it in a, in a physical representation, mm -hmm. but uh, mainly in the use case, what we are talking here about is yeah, having real physical devices here, right. uh, like sensors, actuators. Mm -hmm. Okay, before we move on quickly, what is the, the number of uh, companies? Maybe you can mention a couple of other companies of W3C and also of specifically this uh, Web of Things uh, working group. 
Yeah, sure. So the WC itself has, I looked up before the interview, um, uh -huh. okay. uh, currently around 415 different member organizations. So they are from various industry, institute, university and nonprofit organization. So uh, you can imagine there are the big tech co companies uh, involved in there, like yeah. Google, Apple and so on. And uh, when we come to the Web of Things working group, it has around 120 participants okay. on around 15 different organizations. And, and the cool thing is there we have a very good mixture of companies from the OT domain, yes, such as from Hitachi, Bosch, Siemens, and from the IT domain, like Oracle and Microsoft. Yeah? Yeah. And, and this is, I think, a very special and very cool thing in this working group to have both yeah. parties uh, in this in this group and work together on this topic yeah always oh, very important to realize yeah and you know we we mentioned i mentioned our wonderful title today and it's clear that latest by mentioning chat gpt that we will come to this specific mm -hmm. side of what until today has been more let's say i guess it driven and of course we're very much looking forward to your view on how to use this technology on our let's say ot side as well so tell us a little bit so now we've understood thanks for clarifying the t for the things normally physical mostly but can be virtual can you tell us about the adoption of web of things uh, technology yes sure uh, i can do this what i have to say uh, the web of things is i would say a very still a young uh, approach which started to publish the first standard in April 2020. So it's around two years ago, um, and uh, or two years ago, sorry. Mm -hmm. And uh, based on this short time, it is very nice to see that the Web of Things is more and more adopted in the IoT community. This can be measured, for example, by the number of open source implementation of Web of Things, the increasing number of download rates, also the adoption by the companies in their products and, and the usage of uh, Web of Things in IoT projects. Yeah, so like, for example, we have companies like the SIG company or Scheffler or the German Telekom Microsoft and Takenaka, they are now using Web of Things and uh, also in products. Siemens, for example, using Web of Things in products that is called DCQCC or in the asset performance suite. And we have also a product, what is called Say What, which is heavily used in different customer IoT projects. Okay, so you're you're happy with the adoption of the web of things technology we hear so i understand one reason for that is um is a web of things uh, description building block what is that exactly well the the description building block uh, was called what thing description or web of things thing description and yeah and this is indeed i would say the core building block of the web of things yeah, and I like always to compare the thing description with a LinkedIn profile. Okay. So, as you know, a LinkedIn profile gives a basic structure of information, such a name of the person, the contact information, the 
expert knowledge, some details of, of the CV and so on. Okay. And yeah, and the thing description is, uh, yeah, the kind of LinkedIn profile for the things. Yeah. <laughs> and okay. well, and, and there you, you get some basic information or a basic structure of information like, yeah, what is the name of the thing? And uh, what is then mainly provided in the thing description, the details of the data or the data points that are provided by the device. So it, and this is one of the key uh, information. Yeah, so the data points and the function that are served by the thing and also how to access them. So what I have to do to get access to, to them. And okay. for example, like an energy meter device, yeah, you would, for example, find information like data points about the voltage, the power, and the frequency. Right. And, of course, you would also get information how to get the data. So if I'm interested in this kind of data point, I have typical also to configuration on my protocol to know how I can request this specific data point. Yeah, And, for example, in the case of a Modbus-based device, then I have know uh, which register number I have to call and how many bytes I have to read and is this little engine, big engine. So all the details of the protocol can be found in the thing description and then can be simple used for your IoT application and you know, for your communication stack. A very interesting uh, synonym you're using there, LinkedIn profile for things. Uh, in, in the past, you might have said like a business card, you know, as far as people yeah. use business cards. I stopped doing it a long time because you can, you know, you can use your QR code on uh, on LinkedIn. Yeah, and, and that's what I'm kind of moving into. I already feel, you know, OPC UA information model coming up uh, by the way of you describing it. The difference between a profile like, for example, LinkedIn and a, a business card. Most of the business cards have similar, but I assume that you're what you're going to tell, you're going to confirm that, you know, a LinkedIn profile, as an example, has always the name and certain details on the same spot. So let me ask specifically what is, is there and what is the relation then between Web of Things and OPC UA? Yeah, um, I, I can explain this. So, what you have to know, Web of Things is not, uh, I would say, um, approach that defines a new protocol or predefines application data models. Mm -hmm. um, the Web of Things or the Web of Things thing description is really be used to describe what is there. Yeah, if you have a thing, for example, an OPC UA server, then the thing description can be used to describe. Okay, there's an OPC UA server. It uses this IP address. It has this data points, or in the OPC UA context, uh, it has this UA variables and, and this methods. And I have to use this node IDs to do my reading on on the data points to get the value of yeah of this special information that I like to have. Yeah, and this is the relation of Web of Things and OPC UA. So you are on, there's the one chance that you can describe OPC UA endpoints. Also, you can also use the Web of Things thing description to onboard, let's say, non-OPC UA devices like um, Modbus devices into OPC UA. Yeah, so this is also what happened quite often that you bring everything, I would say, 
your, your shop floor on the OPCYA level. But bringing all the shop floor information and data points and so on that speak different protocols usually, the Web of Things thing description can be a very important technology to bring this information to PCA. Okay, so there is this, uh, at least this technical, let's say, relationship between Web of Things and OPC UA as a, uh, as a technology, as an architecture, information exchange architecture. Now, does also an exchange exist on the higher level between OPC Foundation and W3C organization? Um, yes, there is. And there is also officially a song sign between both STOs. Well, and the paper says that we want to work together on this interoperability topic in the IoT. As you know, yeah. this is a very important topic to which have to be addressed. Yeah, and there's this official Lear song. And what is also the current situation is that we are now planning the new charter for what we call Web of Things 2.0. And there we want also to actively work together on an official OPCY binding for the Web of Things so that we have also, when it comes really to the need of OPCYA services, that we have also the official description and metadata within the thing description, which is uh, addressing all the typical use cases uh, for OPCYA scenarios. Okay, yeah, I think I understand that. W3C is the main IT standards, open standards representative, as you explained it, and the OPC Foundation as the main information technology architecture OT uh, representative. So that's very good to hear that they work together. Maybe we'll look at as an example. So if I if I would say, how about you know the OPC UA companion standards? You know those that are driven from example the VDMA, so the German Machine Builders Association. Um, do they fit to Web of Things? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. So um, as I already mentioned, what itself has not own protocols or specifies application data models. In that context, we define the thing description in that way that it's very easy to reuse and include existing approaches like data model specification, like for OPC or companion standards. In the thing description, this mechanism is called context extension and relies on the technology JSON-LD. So this JSON-LD is also W3C standard and enables us to integrate approaches, uh, definitions, what already exists. Based on this, it's very cool that we can simply uh, define thing description that are describing, for example, OPCYA endpoints or if you're describing mm -hmm. um, devices that are not OPCYA enabled. However, we can enrich the thing description with OPCYA semantics so that it's very easy to map devices uh, to OPCYA. Okay, so one more technical question before we then move into the world of ChatGPT. How easy, or should I say, how complicated, no, probably not, is it to create a Web of Things description with the help of uh, OPC UA annotations? Hmm. I mean, as I uh, one of the creator of the specification, <laughs> I think it's, right. I would say it's a very easy and uh, simple uh, 
There you go. I mean, to be honest, it's it's we 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 concentrated during the development of the scene description that it's very lightweight and straightforward to design. So it's based on JSON. I think many developer uh, know JSON and understand very easily how to read JSON. So that's I think one of the important aspect of scene description. It's very easy structured. But of course, if you are a newcomer and you would like to define mm. your own thing description, you typically you have to look up in the Web of Things thing description specification. However, I have here also a very good news. There is also an open source project that is mm -hmm. called Eclipse Editor. So the editor, it's spelled E-D-I-T-D. -D, so the shortcut for thing description. <laughs> And uh, yeah, and this tool is a very nice tool to create or start with creating scene description because it has a kind of assistant on board that helps you to create scene description from the scratch. And yeah, and asking you, okay, do you have a data point? And what's the name of the data point? What's the type? Uh, what mm -hmm. is the range, minimum, maximum, the units and all the stuff? Yeah, and having this, you don't need to study the, the thing description specification document anymore because this tool creates a valid thing description in the background and well, and can then also be a helping tool to create or to uh, do OPCYA annotation. Right. Now, the, the question that brings me to, and, and we're going to be talking about that, I think, one way or the other anyway, but I picked up this idea from the same LinkedIn. We're not necessarily, you know, making advertisement, but that's how it goes. Um, from another person a couple of weeks ago who said, you know, English language as the new programming language, right? So I I started 40 years ago, you know, with uh, BASIC and Pascal and Fortran. Mm -hmm. You probably have never heard of. <laughs> but yeah. now the question is then right uh, i'm not going to go to that level if we come to it later that's fine but the question now is like so what you just described is that then for the typical programmer in an it or ot environment or is that already today or at some point in time the domain expert because i assume that when you do that today or until today you need to have some kind of or a lot of domain knowledge and you need to have programming knowledge Now, with the tool, this, if I am correctly, edit TD, E D I T D, is that correct? Editor, you, yeah, so editor, so E D yeah, right. E O R, so like editor, but with TD in the middle. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. So now you're, you're, you're helping also the person, and that is the question that is maybe not a, you know, a full blown programmer to build exactly. this, this thing that needs to be built. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So this is a really a nice tool to, to helping with this. Of course, what is not helping you to enter the correct information? Yeah, if you have a device like this energy meter, which mm. before, which is Modbus based and measures right. and frequency and all this stuff, you still have to provide this information and you have to get the information from the from the original sources like from the manual or something like that you still have to to look up this information and provide this to the tool but you don't have to take care on the thing description itself yeah so just the, the what is the tool is doing for you to create valid thing description and you don't have to yeah 
check if this is the right position or where where I have to define something. This mm -hmm. is really Okay, so we had ChatGPT at the beginning in the title. So for those listeners who maybe have been, I don't know, have been on holiday for two or three months or have been doing completely different things in their life and now are listening to this wonderful podcast, tell us two words about what is ChatGPT as far as you have experienced it and why we today talk about ChatGPT um, in our OPC Foundation podcast. Yeah, so some a basic introduction, ChatGPT. So ChatGPT is an artificial intelligent chatbot developed by OpenAI. And yeah, it was released, I think, around uh, November last year. And uh, since then, I would say it's, it's kind of a big hype. Yeah, so uh, you hear a lot of uh, the usage of ChatGPT and and what you can do with it, and also the dangerous thing, what maybe happen with it, and so on. Well, and the interesting aspect is that you can interact with ChatGPT as if you were talking to a human. Yeah, so you ask a question like you would do uh, to someone, and based on the machine learning approach that uh, is um, running in the background of ChatGPT, ChatGPT provides then an answer in a human-like style. Yeah? And it's, uh, this is very impressive, I would say. Yeah? Okay. yeah, and what is very fascinating is uh, that you can also ask some technical-based question. Yeah, like, um, well, um, please, can you provide me some advice how to implement something? Yeah, and then you ask uh, or you provide some inputs what you like to implement and what is the goal. And yeah, and ChatGPT tries to give an answer by providing a really code snippets. Mm -hmm. and, and this is very impressive. And, uh, and the outcome is not bad yeah so usually it, you you can rely on that as a starting point and and so ChatGPT gives a, a good beginning or a good structure of your project and you can rely on this and this is very impressive let's uh maybe you want to look at an example so can ChatGPT help you simplify asset onboarding for example and and if so how does that work yeah so and i think here we are coming <laughs> to the to the topic uh, which you have introduced on the very beginning, uh, where we gave also the the talk on the Hannover Fair uh, two mm -hmm. weeks ago. Yeah, to give a little bit more context here. So this was a joint presentation, which was together with Erich Bahnstedt from Microsoft. On also there was also my colleague, uh, Felix Paulini. And we showcased that first of all, the asset onboarding is, still a very pain in in iot projects as i already mentioned before mm -hmm. yeah and we simple showcased how web of things and the thing description and in combination with chat can be an yeah important step to minimize the effort that is typical very big uh, in today's iot projects so what we simple did is that ChatGPT was used to generate this thing description. As I mentioned before, uh, you can use the tool, what a editor to create your thing description. However, 
let's assume and then let's take again this uh, energy meter and uh, we also showcased in our presentation uh, with a device that's called Centon Pack. So this, this device comes with 80 different data points and entering all the data points, also having this tool, the editor tool is still, I would say, very time consuming. And it would be very nice that we can simply use ChatGPT and ask, hey, I have this device here, which is called Centrum Pack, that uses Modbus. And I would like to have yeah, a sync description with OPCOA annotations, for example, energy management or from the energy management component specification. Yeah, that would be cool if we can simply ask this question. Yeah, and we showcased that really ChatGPT is really able to create such kind of thing descriptions. And this is would be very helpful if we can generalize this approach and can use this approach for any device which exists or typically used uh, on the shop floor so that we can simply create thing description with specific annotations like from OPCUA and use then the thing description in your IoT stack to onboard the device very easily. That sounds great. So it's it's the tool helping you doing the asset onboarding. Now, I assume that you probably then still need to kind of look over it at what level you probably need to decide for yourself. Uh, but as we know, uh, ChatGPT is not always 100% correct, maybe. So so what what is then? There is this terminology, prompt, prompt engineering. Is that a thing like when listeners want to start doing this and we're going to come to to the joint activities and to tools and uh uh, and libraries uh, in a moment as well but you know is that you know you need is is it correct that you need to learn kind of how to use uh, a tool like ChatGPT or other large language models in order to know you know what is going to come out and how can i make sure how can i optimize that what is doing for me is going to be correct exactly so um very important is that ChatGPT has a big ground uh, of valid Sing description to create great valid right. description. Yeah. So at the moment, uh, if you simply use ChatGPT as it is, you will get sync description, but maybe they are not valid to the standard. Yeah. That is a, a proof that the ChatGPT is not aware of a huge sets of valid sync description from different use cases. And this is what we are currently working together with Microsoft to train this ChatGPT with a huge sets of different thing description and also to um, learn ChatGPT how he can generate thing description from specific sources. So if you have a device uh, which comes uh, in a, with a manual, yeah, like in a PDF, then it would be nice that ChatGPT get simple the command, okay, I have this device, here's the manual, uh, where you find all the data points and the protocol usage, please auto-generate uh, for me uh, the valid thing description. Yeah. Makes sense. Uh, you said, I think you started April 2020, that's uh, three years. If ChatGPT has access to 10, uh, it will not be as knowledgeable as maybe you have access to 100. I don't know, it's just a theoretical number. And if at some point in time, it has seen 100,000 uh, different Web of Things descriptions, then we can understand, I believe, 
it's going to be more capable of uh, providing us. And as you said, maybe you can then choose the use case specifically and even be more correct, so to say. So you mentioned already um, uh, Eric, Eric from Microsoft. We're going to have Eric on the uh, on the show in a couple of weeks as well here. So this this joint activity cooperation between uh, W3C, Microsoft, maybe other associations, other companies, uh, what are the next steps there? What can we expect? Yeah, so, um, well, as just mentioned, we, we, we just a few weeks uh, or a few months ago uh, about this topic, and the big challenge is now to train ChatGPT with uh, huge sets of sync description. We have already started with around 600 sync description. However, we need to provide a couple of more. And also in combination with uh, OPSUA-based sync description and so on. Yeah, this is uh, what we are uh, now focusing in the next couple of time. And one of what is the next steps as well um, with the W3C and Web of Things? So currently we are now finalizing the current charter, um, call it as 1.1 version of Web of Things. So we release soon the recommendation of the thing description 1.1. And as already mentioned previously, we are also planning uh, the new charter for the Web of Things 2.0. Um, which will start around um, in the summer 2023. We will especially also uh, focus on OPC OA, especially the OPC OA binding through the Web of Things. So um, here's maybe also welcome to everyone who is interested in this activity. So since we're starting the new charter, it's always, I think, a perfect time for newcomers to join the Web of Things activity. And yeah, and else, uh, well, um, I think the asset administration shell is maybe also a topic which uh, is getting more and more uh, popular at the moment. And there is also activity that is called asset interface description. This is a submodel which reflects also the web of things, thing description so that um, it's also possible to have uh, in the asset administration shell an approach that relies on the web of things and can simply follow also the same um, approach what this web of things is uh, targeting uh, about and so on. Yeah, as you can see, Peter, uh, there's many go going on sure. with this topic and uh, it's very cool to see what is possible with these technologies. Strongly agree. For those listeners that want to start immediately after they uh, have been listening to this the podcast, do any of these web of things, maybe in combination with or not GPT technologies, tools or libraries uh, exist today? Yeah, so I think um, if not happen, I can really recommend to try out ChatGPT, get a Get account on on OpenAI webpage and try out. And of course, you can also try it out to get sync description out of the of the chat prompt. So simple ask, yeah, please generate a WC web of sync description for a sensor device that measures temperature or something like that. And he's really start to generate a thing description yeah and then if you want to play around with the web of things uh, i can welcome people to the official web page of the w3c's web of things page that is yeah 
simple www.w.w3.org slash WOT. So this is that. And uh, there's our developer space, which lists uh, all the known open source tools and libraries. And there are also some tutorials provided. So I can really recommend to have a look on this. And yeah, if you want also to play around with Web of Things and OPC way, I can recommend uh, to use Eclipse Node What. There's also open source project which already have a first version of this Web of Things um, OPC way binding. Of course, you can also use the, this editor project what we already discussed before. It's also uh, open source, public available, um, can be used directly online, um, and you can provide your thing description there, or you can create your thing description there, and so on. So it's many tools and many uh, places uh, where you can play around with these technologies. And, and I would strongly agree with you, Sebastian. If you, dear listener, haven't started yet playing around with ChatGPT or any of the other, there are so many others, it's just that ChatGPT gets, uh, it's um, maybe bigger than fair share of publicity, uh, so many others, and maybe it's uh, the most easy with um, ChatGPT today. But if you haven't yet started with it, uh, in your own area, and maybe uh, if this is exactly your area, that's why you're listening to the podcast, you know, play back if you need to uh, listen to what Sebastian suggested. We'll make sure that the links that you were uh, provided, Sebastian, that we'll put them in the uh, into the pod podcast notes. Um, and apart from that, Sebastian, thank you very much. Uh, a wonderful, timely topic. Who would have thought? I think it was only I do another um industrial ai podcast as well we only talked about it a couple of weeks ago and we were questioning if if we should talk about chat gpt in the industrial environment and it only takes a couple of weeks and there you are and you in another podcast give us the first very specific um, example and i think that's what i have uh, taken away from this is that by giving the example that you gave us <clears throat> that is one example one and abroad in the in the world of the web of things um, environment in combination with uh, OPC UA and by having understood how it works I think all of us all of you listeners can imagine what other wonderful applications use cases are going to come out of this and you know maybe you are one maybe you're one of the persons who say okay you know, maybe on one hand, you want to learn more about OPC UA technology, about the OPC Foundation. You can always listen to the preceding OPC Foundation podcast editions, of course. You can visit the website. But maybe you now, having um, listened, maybe you have a proposal for topics that are somehow related or completely different as well, interested in appearing here on the OPC Foundation podcast. Maybe you want to join one of the OPC UA companion specification working groups. So maybe, as Sebastian suggested, you want to join the activities uh, around uh, the Web of Things. Um, maybe you also want to become a member of the OPC Foundation. Otherwise, you can always mail the OPC Foundation at office at opcfoundation.org. Yeah, it was great to have you with us today. If you liked what you heard, give us a thumbs up, spread the news. Looking forward to have you with us again. And Sebastian, thank you very much for uh, having been my guest today. Yeah, I have to say also thank you very much, Peter. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.